What's up, guys? This is PC, and this is your backstage pass to the Green Room Podcast Series. Hey, guys, this is PC in the Green Room Podcast Series. Our guest today is someone I had the pleasure of meeting on the Jocelyn's Renaissance Back to School Tour last year, and I recently had the opportunity to visit her school in person. She was recently awarded the HEB Texas High School Principal of the Year Award to go along with countless other awards and recognitions that she has received throughout her educational career. She's the principal of Travis High School just outside of Houston, Texas. Ladies and gentlemen, say hello to Miss Julie Diaz. Julie, how you doing? Hi there. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Great. How are you? Doing great. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Talk a little bit about your educational background. I know that you graduated. One of the things you graduated from the University of Iowa, so my grandma will be super excited to hear that. <laughs> She's also a Hawkeye. But, but tell us yeah. about your educational background and how you got to this point where you are here today. Awesome. Well, first, thank you. Thank you for your kind words. It's really, truly an honor to be a part of this. So, um, yeah, so I graduated from the University of Iowa. Uh, you know, there were no jobs in Iowa when I graduated, so came down to Texas because there's uh, lots of jobs down here. I worked at HISD for a year, that's Houston Independent School District, um, as a brand new teacher, inner city. I didn't know, I realized I didn't know anything, right? Um, second graders, nine years old, 10 years old, but I love those kids. Um, the thing about that school was I didn't really get any support, you know, and as a new teacher, I didn't even really know what kind of support I needed, but I knew I needed something. So at the end of that year, um, I had been living on the east side of Houston. So I just started looking around and um, I went to Galena Park Independent School District and it's kind of a um, real blue collar. Um, you know, I worked there for seven years. I worked with at-risk kids most of the time as a K-1 class, which they don't even have anymore. It's kind of the kids that failed kindergarten, would you? Like, I don't know how you fail kindergarten, but back then you could fail kindergarten or the kids that they just didn't know what to do with, right? And I loved it. I, um, I was kind of on an island on my own. I could do anything I wanted with those kids. They weren't reading, you know, some of them weren't even talking really. So I got to bring in everything. I brought in music, um, everything I could do to get these kids and make those relationships. Um, after seven years, I actually met my now husband and he was on the other side of town. Um, and during the years at Galena Park, I started doing um, across Texas actually with two other teachers, some workshops and we called it teachers need it. Uh, a plus attitude, teachers need it too. Because what we noticed was the really good teachers in the schools had that positive attitude, you know, and you can't give to your kids what you don't have. And so we just started going around, you know, the first time we did it, um, a school then said, hey, can you come to our school? And we were like, uh, you want to know what we just did? We want to share that. So did that. Um, in my travels with that, I met a principal in Fort Bend ISD. So when I was looking to move to Fort Bend ISD, um, I called him up, you know, uh, did get a job at his school where I was going to then now work with gifted students. So I go from at risk. I didn't think I could do it. He said, you're going to do gifted second grade. I'm like, can't do it. Well, I did it and I loved it and used many of the same strategies, of course, right? I've been in Fort Bend now for 23 years. Um, back at that first school, I was encouraged to go on and get my master's. Um, and so, you know, I thought, okay, that's just something I do. I love to learn. So I really wanted to get into staff development because I love working with adults too. Uh, the superintendent, who was probably one of my biggest mentors in my life, said, you know, Julie, you should really go into administration first, get into school, lead a school, 
So you have more credibility. And you know, that's it. I never got out of being a principal. <laughs> it's 23 years here in Fort Bend. I've been an elementary principal for seven years. I then moved to middle school, um, six years at the middle school, loved it. Uh, it was, you know, the clientele was probably um, high, so, high um, socioeconomic. Um, we became a state school character, national school character. The year that I was asked to come to Travis was when we had just received national school character, which was, it's not really about the award, but it was the process that we went through to get that. Um, and I really thought, you know, I'd like to maybe just sit back and enjoy for a little bit. But, um, you know, I was asked a couple times to come to a high school. <laughs> and so, you know, when your superintendent says, hey, I need you to go over there, you say, okay, I'll go do what I can do. Not knowing, you know, I, I never wanted to come to high school, I'm going to be honest, because I really thought that I, I'm a more elementary person. I'm a more than middle school. I didn't want to go to middle school either, right? But here I am at high school. I love it. Um, I'm going into my third year. And I can't imagine ever doing anything else but this. I love Travis. It's it's just a great place to be. So that's kind of my story. That's so cool. I love it. And I think one of the really cool things about it is that, yeah, you've got that experience at all three levels, elementary, middle school, and high school. And I think that's so rare in that most people are specialized in one area or the other. So, yeah, what an awesome experience to be able to fall back on. It was cool. It was very cool. Yeah. And so at Travis High School here just recently, mm -hmm. a month or two ago, you were named the HEB Texas Principal of the Year. Talk a little bit about what that honor means to you and to Travis High School. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It, it truly it truly is an honor. It's, it was an honor to me. I, um, I'm not going to lie. I was surprised when they announced my name that evening. Um, you know, I was asked if I, you know, if the district could nominate me for that. And I said, sure, because at the time, um, Travis was the students, a leadership group was looking at doing a project and they needed some money. And we were looking at different ways we could raise money to fund this project. And I thought, here's something right in front of me. The award, it was a monetary award for the campus. It was $25,000 for the campus. And I thought, here you are, the leader of the school and not even going to step out and take a risk. So I told some of the kids, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to, you know, I'm really not going to um, say that I'm going to get this or guarantee anything, but why not? You know, what am I modeling for my kids? You can't be scared to do things like this. You've got to, you know, show your leadership. Sometimes you're going to win. Sometimes you're going to lose. Cause you know, I told, as I told the kids, you can't, we can't put our money in me winning this because at the end of the day, it's also, um, the opinions of people in some of these types of awards. There was no test given, you know, it was application, um, filled out things on leadership and campus culture, instructional leadership, um, communication, community relations. That's what the whole application was about. Um, so we, you know, we filled it out. I filled it out, turned it in, you know, was surprised when I became a finalist, one of the five finalists. Um, and then I'm going to tell you that weekend that you, they take you, HEB is a grocery chain. It's a um, privately held supermarket chain here in Texas. And they take you to this, to Austin, it's the capital of Texas. And they treat you like, you know, it was like the Emmy Awards for educators, right? Um, from the time you step in, I just wish every single state did this for their educators. It's, it's amazing. But, you know, the day came when the awards were going to be given. And I, I'm going to be honest, I was actually preparing what I was going to tell the students that I didn't get it. Because I think there's the leadership lesson. Okay, we didn't get it. So now what? Right. Um, so that evening when my name was announced, I was I was really shocked. Um, 
but it, it, it is an honor. And for Travis, the application was all about what we've done here. I don't think people understand it was all about what we've done. Um, and so that really makes me proud because, you know, when you're in the middle of something, you don't realize what you're doing sometimes. You know, it's the rear view mirror that makes you look back and go, wow, we just did this. So it's really the 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 money that we, we've won has really helped us get some things done here at Travis that we needed to get done. That's so cool, man. And so like, what? tell me about like, is there one big project that you're working on with that money or, or what's the plans with that? So I kind of did, you know, um, the Renaissance questionnaire, like what to the kids, we did this way back. What do you see when you walk in the school? What do people see? What do they feel? And what is it we want them to see? And what is it we want them to feel? And um, Travis High School was um, built before they named a principal. So an architect came in and did all the painting and the colors. You saw it. You saw the before and after that project we did. You know, the colors were rust and brown and green and blue and brown. Did I say brown? Brown, you know. Um, and the kids all said, and, and again, there's a prison about a mile and a half away from us. So Two years ago, the valedictorian said, you know, you don't know if you're walking down the hallways, whether you're walking down the hallways of Travis High School or the prison next door. And I was like, oh, man, you know, it's like, OK, he's true. It's true, though. And so one of the things we used some of the money for was painting, painting projects. And then we, you know, once we got the $25,000, that's a lot of money. So we said to the kids, what is it we want to do? And they came up with we want to finish painting the school um do some clings some other things kind of modernize the school um that this school that we can't really depend on the school district to do this stuff so i'm like okay well and then i talked to the teachers same things teachers really did want the same thing so um, we're taking all of their thoughts on how to spend it and we're spending it in the way you know bringing some speakers in leadership is really what we're about at travis high school and you can't just talk about it you got to bring in these people so th that's some of the ways that we're going to be spending the money I love it, man. Um, yeah. So you first came to Travis High School, you said three years ago? Yeah, it, it, um, I just finished my second full year, so I'm going into third year. I'm going gotcha. into the third year. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, so when you got there as the brand new principal, like, what did you do to put your stamp on the direction of the culture and the climate in the building? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so the, the um, principal retired that year and also the head uh, football coach and athletic director. So there was a mass exodus. I don't know if they heard about me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I was really lucky though. I was announced in April and the school district, I could, you know, I was at my, my middle school till, too until a principal was named, but I was lucky I could come over. Travis isn't that far from where I was. And I came over for six weeks and I just went in the hallways and I observed things. I listened, you know, and, and when you listen, you, you listen for things you're hearing, but also things you're not hearing. Um, and I didn't have a walkie-talkie, which was great. So the kids had no idea who I was. Some of the teachers knew me because um, it was announced to them, but it was it was awesome. So I think some of the first things is just being visible. Um, I started opening, I remember this, I started opening doors for kids when they were getting off the buses. You know, that's seven o'clock in the morning. And I started saying, good morning, good morning. And you know, that first day they were like, Late, I don't know who this lady is, but get her, close the doors, you know, let me get back on the bus. But I just started working on those relationships. Day three, some of the kids started saying hi back, right? Um, and then, you know, they eventually realized once they gave me a walkie-talkie, are you the new principal? You know? um, and so I just started working on those relationships, you know. Um, and then, you know, 30 people left that first year for a variety of reasons. Some moved, retirements, 
um, different, different, you know, reasons. And so I was able that first year to, to really put a stamp on things by hiring well. You know, I think that's one of the things as a principal, you, you can't take for granted. You have to do the hiring well. And I had um, listened to the Ohio State uh, athletic director um, and he, you know, he says, when you start hiring, you want to hire for white belt, white belt mentality, you know, because you're responsible for who comes in the building. Because when they come in, you know, as an educator, they're in, you know, it's hard to get people to get back out. And so one of the things we did immediately was like, okay, when we bring people in, this is what we're going to look for. You know, the white belt mentality of always being a learner. You know, if you have that black belt and you know it all, then you're, you're not where you need to be. Um, so we look for that white belt. Um, character matters more than anything, of course, because you can teach skills, but um, you really can't teach. Do they love kids? Are they going to work with kids? Are they going to listen to kids? Um, and then it's the we over me. Um, so those are the big three things that we look for, too. So those are probably some of the things I immediately try to um, put my stamp on. That's so cool. And so along those same lines, there's a, a new administrator or maybe even a veteran administrator that's hired to revolutionize and turn around the culture and climate of, of a school. What advice mm -hmm. do you give to them? Oh, that's good. Uh, um, good luck. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, um, really, truly good luck because, you know, you've got to work hard. You know, the thing about coming into a campus and, and, and turning around the climate and culture, there's no finish line to this. There's just there. You're never done. So just be prepared for that. Um, climate, you have to understand, climate is kind of like the attitude of the building or the mood of the building. And that's where you can make your first, in my opinion, your first easy wins, you know, changing things, bringing in things. Um, you know, we have thankful Thursdays. That's a really a mood changer when you can put little thank you cards, the kids put them in their teachers boxes and things. Culture, on the other hand, is really that that personality of the group and it can take a while to change it really can so I would say start with some of those climate things that you can do the little quick wins um, and, and and be intentional about everything you do um, it, it's it really does take a while to to change a culture but just keep working at it so your grandma might like this I you know I went to the University of Iowa and um, I think it's in the weight room they have this big rock and they use the they use the words break the rock and that's in my mind all the time just break the rock and it means you just keep pounding the university is known for their um, offensive line right and um, the reason they just keep pounding every play every day every practice every game whatever you just keep pounding and doing those things and eventually you're going to break through um, and you're going to break the rock or achieve what you are um, hoping to achieve um, and that's what I would tell that first, you know, that that new principal on a campus. Don't give up. I mean, there's going to be days you want to give up and it'd be easier to give up or give in. Right. Because people are like, we don't want to do that. Well, OK. You know, I've, I heard some things at, at multiple the campuses that I came through. I've been at three different campuses as a leader. Well, that's not how we do things here. Or we've never done that before. I'm like, you know, you're right, but we're going to do it now. You know, so it's OK. And, you know, you've got to be you've got to immerse yourself in there, too. You can't do it from your office. You have to be out in the people and with the kids. Because um, once momentum starts going, you can feel that ship starting to turn and the, and the rock starting to break. And um, one of the things we did, and I was just talking to someone earlier this morning about changing culture, you know, the comment was you got to start with the people, for, the adults first. I'm like, well, that's true. 
but how it worked at Travis is we got the kids. We got a hold of the kids. And I'm telling you, when the kids start changing things, the adults either have to change or they're going to change by moving themselves. So when we got the kids involved, our, um, our momentum started going faster than I ever even thought possible. I love it. And I always tell yeah. people all the time, and I just posted it last night on Twitter too, is, you know, in the movie Gladiator, where he says, if you win the crowd, you win your freedom. And like in our business, <laughs> the kids are our crowd, you know, and if exactly. those guys, it's, it's just mm -hmm. like you said, it's game over. And so, yeah, I agree hundred percent. We've got yeah. to win the hearts and minds of our kids. And if we get them yep. believing us, it, you know, the rest is, is going to take care of itself. And so, you know, we've, we've kind of hit on a lot of the stuff already, but I always tell people when you walk into a school with a strong, positive climate, you can just mm -hmm. feel it as soon as you walk in the building. And I can remember walking into your school and that feeling was definitely there. And then here you come out with all of your energy on top of that. What kind of things can you do to create that feeling when a visitor walks into your school? Okay, that's that's great. That's a really great question because I think you have one chance to make that first impression too. So first of all, you have to be intentional. You have to be intentional with, again, what are they going to see when they walk in your front building? What are they going to hear? What are they going to feel when that receptionist, you know? So um, we have done, I don't know if you've ever heard of the book, um, Lessons from the Mouse. It's about Disney and how they change the culture and stuff. I did a book study with my front office staff and we're doing it actually this year. And, but here's my expectations when people walk in and it shouldn't matter if it's the um, superintendent of the school schools, or if it's a uh, uh, incoming, you know, eighth grader, we've got to treat them like they're the most special person in the world right now. So that's kind of the expectation. You know, you have to model to what you want. Um, you can't hold people or kids accountable for something unless you've taught them. And so you've got to teach people what, what you mean. And, and, you know, that always comes, you know, a story about that that I always tell is when I went from elementary to middle school, the teachers complained that the kids didn't have any idea how to go up the stairs and down the stairs. And that's where a lot of fights were happening. I'm like, okay, time out. There are no stairs in our elementary building. And in Fort Bend, all the elementaries were one story. So, they don't know how to go upstairs with a group of crowd. You know, if they have stairs in their house, it's one person at a time going up and down. So let's teach them how to do it. And once you teach them how to do it, um, you know, they'll they'll be accountable and hold them accountable. Um, and then, you know, the hard part about being a principal sometimes is you have to confront things when it's not going or they're not doing what you need them to do, you have to confront it. Because if you allow it to go on, it's going to go on. Or if you allow one person to do something, you know, the rest of them are like, well, if she can do it, I'm going to do it. So um, in that book, Lessons from a Mouse, one of the big things we talk about is you can't let your backstage come to your front stage. You know, you might have had the worst morning in the world, but when you're out here, here's your stage and we've got to present them like this is Travis and we're proud to be here. We're happy to be here. So that's, that's kind of, um, you know, how we try to create that feeling when the visitors walk in. That is amazing. I love it. And like, you can't go, you can't go wrong with Disney world, you know, like they oh, get it. Yeah, they got it. They got it going on. Right. They've got it down to a T. That's yeah, so great. Um, mm -hmm. One of the biggest challenges for all of us, regardless of our profession is to perform at a high level day in, day out. And you know, mm -hmm. the, the truth is if you're going to be legendary and be like the best that you can possibly be, you have to bring your A game each and every single day, mm -hmm. just like what you were just talking about. And so mm -hmm. in education, you know, we only get 180 days a year to spend with our kids. And so as one of those high energy leaders, how do you maintain your positive attitude and your energy throughout what a lot of times is the grind of a school year? 
Oh yeah. Oh, thank. That's a that's a really great question. It, it takes me back to um, one of the leadership lessons that we teach our kids too, um, and it's called the starving baker. So the starving baker is this baker. You know, they open up a bagel shop across the street, and this guy is doing everything. He's making the bagels. He's selling the bagels. He's taking the money for the bagels. He's cleaning the bagel shop. And you take a look at him, and he is like, you know, the size of your finger. He's a starving baker because he's not taking care of himself. And if you want to take care of others or lead others, the first thing you have to do is take care of yourself. You know, that's why they put the air mask on yourself first on a, you know, airline flight. So for me, um, how do I take care of myself? The first thing I'm going to tell you, I have to give a shout out. I have an amazing supportive family. Everything I do, um, they, they've just supported me throughout. And, you know, I've never taken on more than my family could handle either. Um, you know, my husband works too. So when, when my son drew, who's now going to be 22, I can't believe it. Um, when he was young, I was the one taking him to the baseball and all that. So I knew I couldn't do, do my all at a middle school or high school because of all the expectations in the evenings. Um, and so, you know, another leadership lesson that we teach is it's called the half-hearted kamikaze. Like you can't be half-hearted at something. And that's how I have always been. If I'm going to do something, I'm in it a hundred percent. I'm not in or out. Um, so that's kind of what I've led. Um, you know, I've only been a high school principal for three years, well, two years going on my third. Um, and that's when we became an empty nesters really. And, you know, when I was asked to do this, you know, we, we sat down and we talked, I'm like, is this something we can do? And, you know, um, my son played baseball and he decided not to play baseball anywhere. So that was awesome because now I have my own baseball team here. Right. Um, but it works and you've got to You've got to take time daily to um, have some white space. Uh, you've got to have some quietness in your life. Sometimes I'm, I'm driving home and I, you know, I'll leave the radio on in the morning and I'm like, okay, that needs to go off because I need just some time. Um, I love my drive. I have about a 20 minute drive now. I know that's not much for a lot of people, but I've always lived within like five, eight minutes from my campus. I love my drive. It gives me that time to just reflect on my day when I'm going home or in the mornings talk about, okay, this is what I'm going to get done today. This is what I need, you know, to do. And, you know, I want to make sure that I'm where I need to be at all times. So, but you have to intentionally again, make time for yourself or you're going to run out. You're going to be that starving baker. So, you know, like next week we're closed here at Travis. Yeah, I could work all week, but we're, you know, some friends of ours, a couple couples, we're going to go to Nashville for the week and we are just going to hang out and have fun and, you know, enjoy each other and catch up. So I think you have to though, intentionally make sure that you're taking time for yourself. You, you can't stay high energy if you're not. <laughs> that is great. I, I agree 100%. Like you're talking about with the white space and your drive home. And ah. Like for me, it's, it's running. I run every day yeah. and I, I can't tell you how many problems I've solved or new ideas that you get during that time that you just have when it's just you, you know? Mm -hmm. so, yeah, it, it's so important. And if you're not comfortable being with yourself, you're not going to be comfortable being with others. So I just think, you know, I read a lot. Another thing I do... Um, I probably have five books going on at the same time all the time because, you know, I've got leadership books. I've got, you know, I don't really read a lot of fiction. I'm going to be honest with you because I just, you know, I just, I'm always trying to learn, you know, what else can I do or what else can I do? And that just energizes me. So, you know, just take time for yourself. Yeah. Awesome. Houston, Texas, one of the most diverse Houston. populations in the country, one of my favorite cities in the country. Yeah, um, and that diversity is reflected in your student body. Talk a little bit about the strengths of having that diversity, as well as maybe some of the challenges that you face along the way. 
Okay, yeah, you, so we are really diverse. And that's one of the things that um, I had been in campuses where there was a majority of one group, right? So Travis, there is no majority. I've never seen this in a campus. We are like the seventh, um, well, we're the most diverse campus in the school district and I think seventh in the states. Um, and it is, there's no majority. If you look at our, our clientele, you know, we're like 27% this, 26% this, 26.5 this. And so it's even. And then socioeconomically, we've got a million dollar homes. And then we have boys who come from a, a park use ranch. It's a ranch, um, like a shelter for severe abused and neglected youth. So they, the boys of that ranch come here. You know, they drive through their school district. They drive through a neighboring school district and they come here. Um, and it's it's amazing, but with that diversity does come some challenges. I, I am not gonna lie, um, and it it's kind of um, if you can if you can go back to the students though and and connect with the kids, it's um, that's that's how you can solve some of these challenges. You know, one I was asked one time, well, how do you meet the needs of all your kids and ensure that your teachers are meeting them? I'm like, I'm never gonna ensure that at all. Um, I can't even ensure that they're going to meet the needs of the kids that have everything at home. Uh, but what I can do is give them the trainings and the opportunities and the tools in their toolkit, if you will, to help them meet the needs of the kids. Um, one of the things when I came to Travis, we put up, you know, we were having lots and lots of um, discipline referrals the year before I got here. And um, so we put these things up, you know, and, and the African-Americans had, you know, almost twice as many referrals as in other groups. And, you know, I said, what do you see? What do you think? And, you know, one teacher said, oh, I think it's because they don't know how to behave. And, I, you know, the room went quiet. And I'm like, that's not really what I wanted, right? But one of my other teachers said, well, maybe it's we don't know how to respond to them. And I'm like, bingo, you know. But that opened it up to be able to bring in some people you know, to talk to the teachers about how do you diffuse situations with kids in the classroom with each other. And then we've we started talking about um, with the kids, how do you, you know, you might believe this, you might believe that, you know, something else. Um, and that really honestly has led to our mantra at Travis. And I might talk about it later, but I don't know. If, um, but it's we are, you know, whatever's going on outside, we can't control that. We can't control, you know, what these families are doing or what they believe, which is fine. But when we come here at Travis, we all have to work together. Um, and sometimes that means, um, well, it always means listening to each other and trying to put yourself in their position. And why would they feel that way? Or why would they say something? So leadership is what we're, you know, our one of our purposes at Travis High School is um, developing leaders at all level. And I think leadership doesn't matter what your background is because you're going to need leadership skills. Doesn't matter your socioeconomic status. You need all of those skills once you leave high, well, you need them at all the time, but once you leave high school, those are the skills that are going to take you as far as you can go. I think a lot of people don't understand the challenge mm -hmm. that's associated with that because like if you drive through neighborhoods, we all live right. in, in neighborhoods with people that are in our income brackets. Right. Um, right. In, you know, so many places are segregated by whether it's income or race or nationality, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. And so as a school, you know, when you have to deal mm -hmm. with that diversity, like that's a huge mm -hmm. challenge. And it's also a, a huge opportunity to learn. I, I think it's just an right. awesome, awesome opportunity. Yeah, it, it's been amazing here. It, it really has been amazing. And um, just to see the kids, um, you know, because this last year, there's been a lot of stuff going on in the in the world. And um, and just to see the kids respond and you can't sweep things under the rug. You cannot do that. 
um, because the kids know, you know, um, you know, social media is one of those things. Like if, if somebody says something on social media, we address it, you know, we'll call them and say, Hey, what did you mean by it? You know? Um, and I, you know, sometimes kids aren't used to that, but I think, again, you cannot not model. So when you, when you're having these discussions with kids or groups of kids, you're modeling for them what skills they're going to need in the future. And they're going to go into the, you know, the world and the world's not going to be just like them. And they are, they need to learn how to work with others and, and, you know, be okay in the same office. <laughs> you're exactly right. So mm -hmm. one of your student organizations that you have that I absolutely love is called Ambush. Tell us about that group of kids and how it got its name and, and exactly what it is that they do. Awesome. So do you have a couple hours? No, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So this, this group is the most amazing group. I'm not, I'm going to, I'm, yeah, they're amazing. So last May, what we, what we noticed at Travis, you know, we came in the first year and we put in some PBIS things, you know, structures, because we didn't really have expectations here the whole school wide. So we put in, you know, be respectful, be responsible, be safe, be ready to learn. And we taught that. What does that mean? Right. And so then I'm like, okay, where can we go from here? What's, what is it for next year? So we knew that one of the things we we're really lacking was um, teaching leadership, intentionally teaching leadership. So we sent out, a, you know, made an announcement, put it over Twitter. If anybody's juniors or seniors interested in this leadership group that we're trying to get started to help mentor freshmen the following year, um, come on down to the auditorium one afternoon. Well, little did we know we had about 160 kids show up, which was great. I'm like, and I just talked to them and one of my other, um, APs and then uh, my college career readiness advisor was there too. And we just talked and I said, y'all, we have, I, we, I have that this vision and here's what I'm, here's what I'm thinking. You know, some schools do what's called like a link crew and that's great. We just didn't have the money to send people for those trainings. So here's what we're thinking and here's what we want it to look like. But guess what? This is just a vision, you know, and visions aren't something set, you know, that we, I can do on my own. I need you guys. So they bought in, I'm telling you, they bought in. And, um, so one of the next meetings we're like, okay, so what are we going to call ourselves? Right. And, um, so we started looking and what is a group of tigers called? Well, a group of tigers, when they get together, there's two names you can have. One is ambush. And if you look it up, an ambush is a group of tigers and the other is a streak. Well, being a high school, I, I really, I wasn't ready for that. We just aren't ready for that. The culture's not ready for being called the streaks, right? So we worked with those kids all summer. This, so this was last summer. We worked with them. You know, I think we met four or five times. We worked with them in May about here's what we're going to do. We brought in this leadership um, program. I want to call it a program, but it's by Growing Leaders out of Atlanta, and it's called Habitudes, and um, it's your attitudes and habits become your your habitudes. And it's, it's just an amazing thing for teens because it's um, based on images and stories. And that's how kids learn. So we brought it in, we were teaching them and June comes along and it's going well. We did um, like, you know, when they go to colleges and fish camp, we did all of those activities with the kids because we knew they were going to turn them around then for our freshmen. We're still, we're rocking and rolling and July 7th comes. And that's when in Dallas, um, you know, we're from Texas, so the police officers were ambushed in Dallas. And then July 8th, the headlines, that's all you saw were ambush, ambushed, ambushed. And I, I knew when I saw that on the TV, like, okay, this is going to be, something's going to happen with this. And so um, we had one parent not real happy, like, you've got to rebrand that, you've got to redo everything. And I thought, you know, 
let's see what else comes from this because it was it was a horrible time a dark time in texas i mean i'm all over the world but i guess since we're from texas it was well we had a meeting like with within the week with all of our um mentors and we sat down at the end of the training and we you know said okay guys so we've had you know a criticism that we need to change this and you know and i understand why someone would would want that because now there's this big negative thing every time you see the word ambush that's what you're going to think of so what do we want to do you know we had a heart to heart with them and and we talked to, again just kind of like i said in the last question about you know you all they're all from different backgrounds this group what makes me so proud is that we have kids from every single organization in this we have football players baseball um choir, um, National Honor Society, every single group you can imagine on campus are part of Ambush. And so we talked and they were like, no, we need, we need to make this word a positive thing. We need to continue doing what we're doing. And when people think of Ambush and Travis, it's going to be positive. And I was like, well, that's what I was hoping we were going with this. But um, the kids did it. And that day we, come, we came up with our mantra. And our mantra is we are one, we are family, we are tigers. And, and I said, you know, you know, we can get this on the wall, which we do have it painted on the wall now. But I said, it has to be more than words on a wall, folks. It, we've got to live this every single day. Um, and they, the kids really, really have. You know, they, they've just been amazing. And um, I'm really proud to say we have this local Twitter, you know, Fort Bend playbook. And they do like school of the year and fans of the year and all of it, we got voted school of the year, Travis, and the fans of the year. And so, and it was nothing that we, the adults did. It was all about the kids. And so that that group then, when they learn their leadership lessons, you know, I work with them Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays this past year. And we would teach the leadership lesson and they turned it around to our freshman and sophomore advisories. They led the lessons and it was amazing. Again, you're talking about how do you change culture? That's how we did it with the kids they went in and you know we had some other you know teachers that weren't really buying into the leadership and really don't believe that they should have to teach it and i understand it's new and you know but um the advisories that had the kids in were doing it you know because you can't say no to the kids right one of the things i have to t i hope you have time but i have to tell this little story we the first day back for teachers last year it was raining and you know we're going to convocation we get to get on a bus drive to convocation get dropped off and then at the end of convocation we come out we had to walk in the rain to the buses you know drive back to travis it's hot it's august it's texas we get out and i have to leave the next session right and they're sitting in front of me in the commons and their hands are you know their hands are crossed across their chest i'm like oh man i would not want to be a kid in your class right now you know and so little did they know um the kids we had our ambush kids in their bright bright neon yellow t-shirts they came out and ambushed the teachers and they took them into the gym and they taught them a dance and every single teacher like i have videos if you want to see every single teacher got up with those kids and they danced and it was to um oh i don't even remember well can't stop the feeling you know and could i have ever gotten that to happen absolutely not like they wanted to throw things at me but because the kids did this, every single teacher was in there. Justin Timberlake song, I'm sorry. Every single teacher was in there. Every single kid was dancing. Every single teacher, even my head football coach, he wanted to just do the music. We're like, no, you got to get out there and dance too. Every single person danced. And so that's how you change culture, going back to the other question. But that's what this group has done. And so we put out again, okay, we have an application, you know, all this stuff. And um, 
this year, 250 kids applied to be an ambush mentor. Wow. And yeah, it's amazing. So, you know, you think about 10% of your school being leaders, that's pretty amazing. So 225 are actually going through the whole thing and we're working with them again and they're going to turn all these leadership lessons around to the freshmen. Um, they're and, the, and the book that we taught last year was how to lead yourself because you can't lead others if you can't lead yourself. So the freshmen are always every year from now on are going to get how to lead yourself with the with the mentors. Sophomores, juniors and seniors are going to get um, how you how do you connect with others? That's the next book in Habitudes. So it, and we're pretty excited about that. And we you know, we just um, we're going to be using Harbor videos, too, because the Harbor videos are teens talking about these leadership lessons. So I'm really excited about next year. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's so yeah. cool. And the energy that they bring and just the positivity you're talking about impacting the culture uh, like. Yeah, that, that's where it's at right there. What a great group of kids. Yeah, they're amazing. They danced for you, didn't they? They did. Yeah, we did. They, they can't did. stop the feeling. Yeah, I've got it on my phone. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, they dance. And I'm telling you, whenever like we went to um, something in the fall and the songs played and I, the kids got up and started dancing, you know, um, contests they'll go to, you know, our dance team goes to a contest and that song started playing. They got up and danced. So everywhere we are, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Awesome tradition. Yeah. So you're yeah. you're a huge baseball fan, just like I am. Yeah. And I know that you're involved with an amazing organization in your community called the First Colony Dream League. Tell, mm. us, tell us about that. Okay. Okay. Again, how much time do you have now? Um, yes. So this is an incredible group too. So I helped co-found this group back in 2007. Um, the president of the local little league came in. I was an elementary principal at that time, and he came in and he he knew my heart for kids, um, and he said, "Julie, you want to you want to do something?" Um, First Colony Dream League is a division of Little League International and the Challenger Division. And so when Steve walked in and said, "Julie, you do you want to do this?" I'm like, "Are you kidding me? At risk kids baseball? I'm in." So we were in. I was all in, and we started it going. And um, that first season, we had 54. Boys and girls, uh, ages 5 to 18, I think it was. We had four teams. They play on Saturday mornings. You know, they they wear uniforms. They have every single thing that regular Little League kids have, our Dream Leaguers have. Um, except the cool thing is we have what are called angels in the outfield, and they are our regular, our middle school, high school kids. And those are the kids that come out, volunteer Saturday mornings, and they help. They're a buddy with the players. And so every one of our little league kids has a buddy. Um, and it, it, I can't tell you how excited, it, you know, it's just such a great group. It's incredible. We've grown the last two years. We've had, we've added senior league teams because some of our kids have aged out. So now we've added senior league teams the last two seasons. We've had 120 special needs kids and adults. Um, we've had 10 teams. We've had over, mm, gosh, close to 200 volunteers. These are, you know, your, my, like my softball team volunteers all the time. And, and remember, they, they're playing a softball game Friday night. And then they're getting up on 8 o'clock on a Saturday to go give them themselves. And it's just, it's just an amazing thing. Uh, one of the highlights of this, my first year at Travis, um, 2015, that August, we took a group, our Dream League team, to Williamsport. And we got to play in the Little League World Series, and we played um, the Pennsylvania team. That was the same year that our little Pearland team, which is right next door to Fort Bend, went to. Um, and so we paid for everything. There's no cost to families for any of the Dream League stuff. We do fundraising. We raise money. But I'm going to tell you, local organizations in our community donate money, you know. Um, I'm gonna, that was a bucket list because the, the state 
stadium. I don't know if you've ever been to Williamsport during the Little League World Series, but oh my goodness, the stadium was filled, filled when I said it was sold out. There was not a dry eye in the stadium. You know, we have kiddos who have been with us since 2007. One little guy I'm thinking of, when he first started, we had to carry him from base to base. Then, you know, two years later, he's walking with a walker. Next year, he's walking, you know, and everybody wins in Little League. We don't, in Dream League, we don't keep score, though some of our some of our kids have started realizing this, right? Um, but everybody's a winner. My, my very favorite story, if you have time, um, our very first season, at the end of the season, or the end of the first game, a mom came out and the entire family was on the pitching mound. And I'm like, oh, you want me to take your picture? And she, she, her eyes, she was crying. And I'm like, it's okay. She goes, no, you have no idea. His, his younger brother was this big baseball stud at one of our high schools, and he was two years older, one of our students, Jonathan, and he was at every little league practice growing up with his older, old, younger brother, but he had no idea why he couldn't ever play, and um, he got to play. That was his first game he ever got to play, and he came out. He had cleats. He had the batting gloves. He had everything, and so it was just amazing. Like, I, you know, you don't realize – when you give of yourself to others like that, you get just as much as, as they're getting from you. So, yeah, that, that's a really cool group. That is so awesome. I just like it's all about perspective. And I think yeah. one of the biggest things, you know, we could be having like, quote unquote, the worst day ever. And then you get to go yeah. in time with those kids on a Saturday morning. And it just again, it just puts things in perspective, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My husband's sometimes like, you sure you don't want to sleep in? I'm like, are you kidding? Again, this is how I get energized. Exactly. It's like, Giving of yourself. So, yeah, I get there. You know, spring is a principle. It's tough. Right. You get, your, you get your hiring while staffing and, you know, it's crazy. And that gets me through spring, Saturday mornings with Dream League. So it's awesome. I love it. I love it. So last question. Tell us something. <laughs> and I know it's probably hard for you to pick one thing, but tell me something mm-hmm. that you're like the most excited about for the 2017-2018 school year. Okay. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, this is going to be hard. But I think I'm going to turn it back to um, – our ambush, our mentor program, you know, we're not really going to start anything new. We're just going to turn it up a little bit. And that's what we told the kids too. Um, so our advisory is going to continue, even though some of the teachers think we'd be much better off without it, of course, right? There you go. First year principal, keep pounding, right? Um, but we're going to add year two to it. Um, freshmen, again, are going to get book one. Sophomores through seniors are going to get book two, connecting with others. Um, you know, we're just going to keep keep breaking the rock. I just, I just think of that all the time and we're going to keep pounding it. And um, I just don't think they get enough leadership. So at the end of the day, you know, um, I just want these kids by teaching these leadership skills, you know, we tell them, you know, this is your opportunity, 20 minutes a day to do something for yourself that you're not getting in your math classes and you're not getting in other classes. Um, And this is for you. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's all about the kids really know we're doing this for them. And it's, it's a way we're showing them that, you know, we're, we love you guys enough to bring this in and to invest in you. We're investing all of this. Um, you know, these kids are going to be making the decisions about us and our, you know, our lives soon. And so I just think we need to lead them well. So that's really probably what I'm most excited about for next year is just taking what we have and making it better. That's perfect. And so like, I could talk to you for, I could talk to you forever, but I know when I first met you, it took me about two minutes to realize that you're one of those people that like, you just get it. And and you've got this, like, you've got that Mm -hmm. it factor for, Mm -hmm. for kids and for education. And so just thank you Mm -hmm. so much for joining us. Thank you for your time. Thank you for everything that you do for education and for our kids.
Well, thank you, because you are an inspiration to me. I look for your tweets every day, and you just keep inspiring others. You're amazing. Thank you. Guys, you've been listening to the Green Room Podcast Series. Thanks for tuning in. Chase your dreams, kids.